Hello and welcome to The Motherhood Guide, where it's all about making your experiences of pregnancy, birth and motherhood better. I'm your host Kelly, a mum of two, a hypnobirthing teacher and birth educator, and I'm here to help you thrive in motherhood rather than simply just survive. Let's get started. I wanted to continue with the theme of talking about the hormones of birth after our podcast episode that discussed the effect of adrenaline in labour. Now, if you haven't already listened to that episode, I do really recommend going back and having a little listen to that first because it will be really insightful for you and it does actually go hand in hand with this episode. So hit pause now if you need to and scroll on down to the show notes where I have linked that episode to take you right there. So if you're still here in this moment or maybe you're rejoining me again, let's just do a little quick recap on what you learned in that episode. So now you know that it is absolutely vital for your body to feel safe in order for labour to progress. And if it doesn't feel safe, that you're going to go into this fight or flight mode and you will start to build adrenaline. This adrenaline is so powerful because when we build adrenaline in high amounts, it has the power to completely slow down your labour and reduce the number of contractions that you're having and make them less efficient. But it can also completely stop labour from happening as well. We did briefly touch on oxytocin in that episode, but it was indeed very brief. So today I want to do a deeper dive on oxytocin and have a chat more about how you can actually help your body build that in labour. So first, what actually is oxytocin? Now, do you know, I literally cannot say or even think the word oxytocin without starting to sing the start of Post Malone's song Chemical. Do you know the one that I'm talking about? Now, I'm not going to sing it for you because... I did not want to mortify myself with singing on the internet. I am sure my continual chat about vaginas is more than enough. But if you don't know the song, please do me a favour and go look it up instead and you'll know exactly what I mean. I feel like I'm going to have that stuck in my head all day now. But yeah, anyway, oxytocin is a hormone released in the brain in response to sensory stimulation, often as a consequence of a type of interactive behaviour. Now, what do I mean by that? Simply put, oxytocin is the love hormone. So it is triggered to be released in the brain after a type of interaction or a behaviour that makes you feel loved or reminds you of giving love to someone or something similar. So this is a hormone that, again, we have already experienced in our lives and that already contributes to our everyday well-being and our ability to handle stress and anxiety. So it is something that we will be familiar with. We probably just haven't realised that yet. Because we produce high levels of oxytocin at special times in our life. For instance, when we fall in love, when we have sex, and you may have guessed it, birth. Oxytocin is the absolute most important hormone in labour. Because this is the hormone that is going to stimulate those uterine muscles to contract, e.g. cause your contractions, And it also increases the production of prostaglandins, which is going to help increase those contractions through time, but it's also going to help your cervix soften up and move out of the way, which is what the purpose of your contractions is also. So it also helps you stimulate dopamine, which heightens our feelings of pleasure and motivation as well. And that is actually really important for birth too because that could be linked with helping you enjoy the process of labour and to really keep your mental stamina up as well so that you can cope with the mental challenges of labour. 
Because I can't pretend to you. I mean, we all know that labour is this massive physical challenge, but I feel like often we kind of look past the fact that it is a huge mental challenge as well. And that can be the case even for labours and births that are actually quite positive and are going perfectly to plan. It is still a huge mental challenge to go through labour. It's still a massively overwhelming experience, even if it is a positive experience. Oxytocin also stimulates the production of prolactin, which helps trigger the production of breast milk. And that goes on to create a positive feedback loop as well. So you can see that oxytocin is massively important for labour. It is so important for getting those strong, efficient contractions, but it is also really important to ensure the production of all the other vital hormones that you need for your birth. And the way that I like to kind of think of it is like a train. So if you imagine oxytocin is right there at the front, it's just like being the driver of the train and then all the carriages behind that that follow on are all those other vital hormones. Oxytocin is the driver taking all of those other hormones along and to where they need to be. So there is this kind of interlinked chain reaction and they all kind of work together in this like little delicate dance. Or another way that I like to think about it, just me being me, is I see them as being all one ingredient in a gorgeous little birth cocktail. And if one of those ingredients is missing, that cocktail just doesn't hit the spot. It just doesn't taste right. It's, it's not right. So that's the way that I like to see it. You need all of those ingredients or those hormones to come together to create that perfect little birth cocktail that is just chef's kiss. But high levels of oxytocin in labour also has other benefits outside of just stimulating those contractions and those hormones. It's thought that when you produce high levels of oxytocin, your threshold to pain may actually be increased. So you're, you're better able to actually handle the physical process of labour. And it's more likely that the more oxytocin you have in your body, the more comfortable and manageable those contractions are going to feel. And it also helps reduce the levels of inflammation in your body, which is really interesting as well. And it's not just those physical side effects that oxytocin has. Like I said, it's also about that mental impact that that has. Studies are showing that low oxytocin levels have been linked to symptoms of depression, including postpartum depression. And, you know, actually, I feel like that makes so much sense. Like, even just me as a person looking back on my own labour experiences, and I know that I've not really went over my birth stories in any kind of detail yet and I will get to that at some point but you know I feel like that makes so much sense because I do wonder if that was part of the problem with my first postpartum because I had a super super quick labour and I know that when you have super quick labours that sometimes it can be really difficult for your body to build the hormones that it needs in high amounts and I do wonder if maybe I hadn't built enough oxytocin and perhaps that was why I did have so many mental challenges in that early postpartum period as well. But oxytocin is the love hormone after all so it is also about helping you bond with your baby after birth because that is the key hormone that actually makes that happen as well and you can really see how that element of birth plays into the mental impact of oxytocin. So it is, it's really really important. And it is absolutely what you need to focus on for birth to ensure that you get those super efficient contractions, but also for the way that you feel mentally afterwards. However, oxytocin cannot be built in fight or flight mode. 
And that is what we have talked about extensively in that episode that I referred to at the start of this podcast episode. And what that means is that if you're scared, if you're worried, if you're anxious, if you're angry, whenever you have adrenaline in your system, you are not going to be able to produce oxytocin. Oxytocin and adrenaline cannot be built at the same time, so it is literally one or the other. And I always kind of see it as being like a sliding scale. So, you know, if if oxytocin is increasing, your adrenaline is decreasing. If your adrenaline is increasing, your oxytocin is decreasing. Okay, they cannot be built at the same time. It is literally going to be one or the other that is being produced. So it's going to be either adrenaline in your system, reducing the effectiveness of your contractions and slowing that process down. Or it's going to be oxytocin in your system, helping to make sure that those contractions are strong and efficient and speeding the process up. So you need to be really conscious of this and you need to make sure that you're playing the active part and helping your body build oxytocin rather than adrenaline. So how do we make sure that we can build oxytocin? What can we do to give our bodies a helping hand? And the good part is, once you know how, it is actually pretty simple to do this. First off, remember it for exactly what it is. It's the love hormone, okay? So my first tip is to really focus on either the love between you and your birth partner or the love between you and your baby. So a really good place to start with this is physical touch and intimacy. And now it doesn't actually matter who your birth partner is because presumably they are going to be someone that you feel supported and loved by, whether that's platonic love or not. Okay, so it doesn't actually matter. Don't stress if your birth partner is your friend or your mum or your cousin, whoever it is. That is totally fine. Okay, it can be a platonic relationship as well. But Focusing on that love and that kind of physical touch and intimacy. So that can be stuff like hugs, holding hands, having your back stroke, maybe a little kiss on your forehead, tickling your arm, massage. All of these things can help you feel safe, loved and comforted and will help you build oxytocin. And presumably you're going to plan who your birth partner is pretty well in advance you'll have a good idea of who that is during your pregnancy so start to keep an eye out for the ways that you interact with that person as is you know how would they how would the two of you interact if you had had a really bad day or you had got really bad news what are the kind of things that they can do to comfort you in those moments because that is all things that you can take into your labor experience but you can also focus on that love that you have for your baby Try to focus on that excitement that you have to have them in your arms, to give their little tiny face a little kiss, to hold their tiny little hand. Think about all the things that you've been so excited to do with them in their life. And what can help is literally close your eyes and watch your life play out like a movie, focus in on all of those highlights that you cannot wait to have with your child. Focus on that love and that excitement of your new life that's about to start. And if you're in early labour or you're birthing at home, another good little tip is that you can actually use your pets for this part as well. I totally wish I'd utilised this more with my labours. I would have loved to have had wee cuddles with my wee doggy and I don't know why I didn't think of that. But yeah, you love your pet, your pet loves you. So you can absolutely draw on that love between you two also. So snuggle up with them, pet them, let them lie on you, let them give you kisses, Believe it or not, that can actually also build oxytocin as well. And obviously, if you're going into the hospital, you can't take your dog with you. 
but I mean as much as I think many of us would love to and that would totally improve everybody's experience however uh, you obviously can't do that so you know that might be something that you're just going to utilize in early labor or towards the end of your pregnancy uh, and then obviously you will have to have someone else look after the pooch while you are in hospital but that can be a really good tip as well and often we totally don't consider the fact that they can be our oxytocin builders as well I totally forgot about that too And you can also utilise the love that you have with your loved ones when they're not there. So it doesn't have to be just about you and your birth partner. It can be about anybody around you that you love. So there's a couple of examples of things that you can do to utilise that love when someone is not there. So for instance, you can print off physical pictures or maybe you've got Polaroids or something. Print off physical pictures, have them there with you for your birth experience you can pop them up with blue tack on hospital walls or if you're birthing at home. Obviously, it's pretty easy to do that then. Or you might even already have some of your favourite pictures up in your home already that you can kind of focus on. But it can be quite a nice thing to actually have physical photos to look through. You can talk about the pictures themselves with your birth partner. You can talk about the memories that those pictures kind of provoke. Just have a nice kind of wholesome chat have a laugh because laughing is also a key thing for building oxytocin as well Um, and before I forget to say it I will say do you know what is amazing for building oxytocin in early labour as well getting some funny films on or your favourite funny tv program for me like I feel like my total comfort would be Friends because that just even now still totally makes me laugh and it just makes me feel like happy inside it's just like such a comfort show but I know in dealing with clients a lot of people's comfort show is also the office a lot of people absolutely love that or for those who are Scottish and have seen this still game loads of my clients love still game and that becomes their little go-to for a little laughter boost and a little oxytocin boost in early labour as well so have a wee think about that as well do you have a comfort show that maybe you could watch or even a comfort film that can be a good little tip and it does occupy your time in early labour as well whilst still building that oxytocin. But anyway, back to talking in labour and looking through these photos and talking about your memories. Talking can be really, really good, especially in those early stages of labour. And you will likely get to a point when talking feels too much and that's perfectly normal and fine. However, in early labour, when you do feel like that is something you can do, that can be really, really helpful. And then when you're ready to have that stop, that's where words of affirmation can step in instead. So this is where your birth partner will step up and that's where they're able to give you these words of affirmation that kind of still keep you going, but there's no expectation for you to talk back or contribute to that conversation at all. So words of affirmation can be like, you're doing so well, I'm really proud of you keep going. I feel like words of affirmation end up coming really, really naturally to the birth partner anyway. They're just saying the things that they're thinking as is. But yeah, they can be really, really effective at boosting oxytocin levels as well. So make sure your birth partner is aware of that and have that conversation about how you can communicate when you're kind of at that point where you're just like, no, I don't really want to chat anymore. I'm ready to just kind of go inwards. So focusing on that love that you have in your life is really, really key. And it helps contribute to that feeling of safety that oxytocin needs. Because that is really important for its production. It wants you to feel like you've got privacy. It wants you to feel like you're safe, you're cared for. 
And that is the way that your body knows that you're in a safe environment, which will stop that adrenaline from increasing. And while we're on the topic of privacy and feeling safe and cared for, I did also want to chat about that because have you ever heard people saying, you know, well, when you go into labour, you just leave your dignity at the door? I absolutely cannot stand that saying. There is no way in hell that you should be leaving your dignity anywhere at any point in your life. You know, that is something that you never have to do if you don't feel comfortable with. And you you should never be put in uncomfortable situations where you don't feel like you have that body autonomy and respect for your body. So I don't like that. I don't like that saying at all. And I don't think you should ever have your dignity left at the door. You should always have a birth environment that facilitates feelings of privacy and safety and does not contribute to the vulnerable feelings that you're already feeling in labour as. So start to think about your own preferences for birth. What are the things that would make you feel vulnerable? What are the things that would make you feel like you don't have privacy? And what can often be the case for women, and I'm not saying this is going to be for everybody, but what can often be for women is women start to feel a lot more vulnerable when they have their legs in stirrups or you know they're lying on their back with their legs spread open when they're getting vaginal examinations where they feel very exposed that can be where women start to lose that that feeling of privacy and safety so keep that in mind it's not going to be the same for everyone but that is what my experience is of working with numerous clients And another thing that you can do to kind of contribute to that feeling of privacy and safety as well is consider having a water birth. And I probably will at some point do a full episode on water birth as well because the benefits are just massive. It was a really, really positive experience for me. But what you also find with water births as well is because, you know, that that bath or pool, whatever it is that you've got, that becomes your own space that nobody else enters without your permission, right? So that can be a really positive thing as well because I feel like when you're just like on the bed and see a labour ward, you know, that doesn't feel like that's, that's your space and people can encroach in that space a lot easier. Whereas when you've got that pool, you know, nobody's going to get into the water with you unless you ask them to. And I also like it because you've got like walls up around the pool as well. And when you've got those walls up, it does feel like you're a lot less exposed, like the bottom half of your body is essentially covered and that can help kind of prevent you from feeling too vulnerable and exposed and looked at essentially um, and give you a little bit more privacy and dignity. So that can be something for you to consider as well because that will also help lead to a better chance of producing oxytocin and higher levels as well especially when you consider the fact that you know most of us just absolutely adore bass as is and they would be a nice oxytocin booster just on their own so that is something for you to consider if you haven't yet and you can also help the production of oxytocin by really playing into your senses as well think about us as humans how bloody much do we love aesthetically pleasing cozy homely environments and I say that while I'm sitting in my extremely aesthetically pleasing cosy living room that has the fire on, I've got my little lamp on at the side, I've got my Christmas lights on on my tree, I've got a little candle burning, like that is just the vibe. I would live in this vibe forever and you know knowing what I know now I'm like oh my gosh my living room is like oxytocin heaven right now. It is just exactly what I would want for my birth environment. And you know, that is exactly what I do every night. I love nothing more than coming on, 
lighting the candle, dimming the lights, turning my fireplace on, getting snuggled up under a little blanket. Yeah, I love it. And guess what I'm doing? I'm building oxytocin. Oxytocin is all about the coziness. And when you realise that, it's absolutely wild that we cart ourselves away from these lovely home comforts that we work hard to make in our home and go into this clinical environment like the hospital. But that is a conversation for another day. So start to think as well about tuning into your senses and changing your environment, okay? And you can do this at the hospital and you can even do this in a C-section environment. Now, obviously, with a C-section, you're going to be a little bit more limited on what you can change in your environment because things still need to be kept sterile. There may be certain things that you're not allowed to take into the surgery with you, but there is absolutely still ways that you can alter that environment to make it just a little bit more homely and promote those feelings of safety and comfort. So when I say about tuning into your senses, I am talking about sight, smell, touch, hear, and I'll, I'll break this down one by one and explain what I mean. So firstly, sight. Okay, oxytocin absolutely loves dark environments. Okay, it loves darkness. It loves that kind of low glow of lamps. It likes kind of orangey red lights. I always naturally just think of candlelight, a fireplace, or even, do you know those Himalayan salt lamps? They are also amazing for promoting that lovely feeling of coziness whilst also having enough darkness to facilitate that production of oxytocin. So think about what you can do. I mean, obviously, if you are birthing at home, it is super easy to create that environment. You know, just think about candlelight, shutting the curtains and the blinds. In the hospital, you know, it's still easy in a way, but what you just need to keep in mind is you might not get the same levels of darkness as what you can facilitate at home. I know from my own experience of going into the hospital, they did have blinds, which I shut. However, it was still during the day and it was still pretty bright. But you can also take in those little LED candles, you can take in little fairy lights and you can still facilitate that lovely little cosy environment through that as well. You might also want to consider stuff like maybe facing away from any like machinery any kind of monitoring equipment you can also change the site by putting up those photos that we were talking about you can stick them up in the hospital with blue tack so that you've got something for you to focus on you can also use positive affirmation cards in its place and that can be a nice little way to give you something nice for your eyes to focus on in labor but what often happens is you get to a point where you actually just close your eyes anyway and you really go inwards so next if we cover smell Now, smell is such a powerful sense that I feel like we often overlook, but this can be something that is really good to focus on in labour because especially if you're going to transfer to the hospital, hospitals do have that really hospital smell. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, hospitals have that hospital smell and it's quite a distinct smell, isn't it? It's quite unique in itself and that's probably not going to promote kind of positive memories or feelings because usually when you've been to the hospital previously it's not been for great reasons maybe it's visiting somebody that's sick um, or maybe it's been for a reason for yourself so often we do have these negative experiences and because scent is so powerful you can automatically be transported straight back to those negative memories just by smelling that clinical smell again so what can be really helpful is for you to Try and change that smell a little bit. So 
a lot of hospitals now actually do do aromatherapy so speak with your midwife and see if that's an option for you at the hospital you're choosing to birth in and if you can do you can use some essential oils to kind of change that smell either by a diffuser or you might just want to put essential oils on like a little rag cloth and you can just hold it up to your nose whenever you want that so that's something that you can absolutely do but you can also do like room sprays pillow sprays I had one client that used copious amounts of her husband's aftershave because that was her kind of comfort smell. So have a wee think about what you would like your birth environment to smell like. For me, I just automatically think of either lavenders or a spa kind of smell. Yeah, that would be my vibe for sure. And then if we move on to touch. Now, touch can be slightly trickier um, in a way, but... I think we don't need to overthink this. So that could be something as simple as just taking in a nice cosy blanket that you like. Or maybe it's about having your favourite pillow from home to make sure that you can get nice and comfortable. But touch can also be about getting into the water and having the touch of water on your body. But of course, because we're talking about oxytocin, our good old love hormone, touch can be that physical touch that we've already spoke about doing with your birth partner. What are the ways that you would like to be touched in labour? Do you like the gentle kind of stroking feeling? Do you think that maybe as labour progresses, you will want kind of firmer massage to help distract you from the the sensations that you're feeling um, in terms of your contractions? Maybe that would be helpful. So have a wee think about touch as well. And then if we do what you can hear. So again, something that is usually overlooked hearing right you can usually in hospital hear that it's quite a busy environment you might hear other women in their labor and it can be really really helpful for you to tune into something that is a positive sound to hear so for me I had John Mayer blaring the entire birth I mean my husband must have been bored to tears by the end of my second birth but yeah he's my absolute favorite I adore him his music instantly makes me feel calm so it was a no-brainer that that was going to be my music of choice for labor but obviously it can be whatever you want okay so it can be literally clubland if you wanted it to be if that's your comfort music then that's totally fine but it can also be something outside of music it could be like kind of spa music or rain sounds or it could be your hypnobirthing audios if you have practiced hypnobirthing that can be what can be really beneficial to hear so you can either take in little speakers into the hospital with you or it can be really helpful to have headphones or AirPods or something similar because that way you can also drown out any other external sounds as well and it can be a lot easier for you to go quite internal and zone in during your birth as well if you can kind of block out the other sounds. And it's also a consideration that if you just want silence, is it potentially helpful for you to get earplugs or something similar so that you can block out the other sounds without having to give yourself another sound to focus on. So yeah, sometimes it can be helpful to actually sit down, make a list of your senses and think about what you would kind of like in your birth environment in terms of your senses. And now that you know how important oxytocin is and that it thrives off of love, comfort, privacy, feelings of safety, you can hopefully start to move forward now with your own ideas of how to incorporate these into your birth environment. And these will be personal to you and that's what makes them work the best. So start to take a note of the things that you naturally reach for for when you have a bad day and you want to pick yourself back up. Or what do you do to help you feel settled in your home? Or what do you do when you need comfort from the people around you that you love? How do they help you? What are the things that work and what are the things that don't? So have a little think 
and see if you can take any of these tips into your birth experience somehow. So I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that you've been able to take something away from it, whether that's feeling less alone or more in the know. If you have enjoyed today's episode, the usual stuff applies. A review or a share with a friend is a really great way for me to build my community so that I can help more women. All the good stuff is in the show notes, guys, including details on how to work with me, or you can check out my website at www.breathingtobirth.com. I'll see you next week.